0: hello and welcome to the Sonic cinema podcast my name is Brian scuttle and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com uh, I hope everybody is having a good 2017 uh, it's been a it's been a tough year to uh, try to get caught up on a lot of things when it comes to Sonic cinema not the least of which being recording podcasts but uh, things are moving on. Long as well as they can, and uh hopefully we'll have uh some more podcast content for you soon uh today we are going to do the first one of two thousand seventeen about the Oscars, which are tomorrow night uh basically bring down the nominees uh how I kind of feel about the awards this year and also uh just basically um Going through uh, what I consider the best and favorites for myself personally for 2016 to just sort of put bow on the year uh, as I try to do every year. Um, so before we start off with the Oscars, I'd like to uh, run down my top 10, uh, my 10 favorite movies of the year and my 10 best movies of the year as I did last year at this, for this podcast. Um, I do differentiate between uh, favorites and best. Favorites are more entertainment, more movies that uh, hit me on something of a more personal level. Best are, you're talking about the overall quality and excellence of the filmmaking. Uh, Just because a movie is on one and not the other, it's not, doesn't mean that uh, it's lacking in one area over another. It just means that one resonates more with the critical side of me. One is more subjective and personal when it comes to the filmmaking. And uh, so without further ado, I'm going to start out with uh, my 10 favorite movies of uh, 2017. Uh, We'll uh, start out with number 10, Uh, basically go 10 to 1. And uh, starting out with number 10 is... uh, the movie Sing Street, which I didn't see until it hit uh, Netflix, but is the uh, latest film from John Carney, who did Once and uh, Begin Again. And one of the things I love about his films is the way he uses music, the way he tells personal stories when it comes to music. And it's, it's incredibly compelling. And the stories they've told so far are just absolutely wonderful. The music is great. Some of the best, some of the best films about love of music that I've seen since High Fidelity, Almost Famous, and uh, just a completely wonderful story about a uh, an Irish teen who tries to impress a girl by saying he's a band, he's in a band, and yet he doesn't have a band, so he has to go make one. And it's an absolutely wonderful film, has probably my favorite song soundtrack of 2016 uh, over La La Land, which we'll go through a little bit more when it comes to the Oscars. So number 10 is John Carney's Sing Street. Number nine is uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence, which is The third film of his sort of unofficial uh, trilogy of faith after Last Temptation of Christ and Kundun. It's a movie he's spent a quarter of a century trying to make and the result is nothing short of spellbinding. It's a difficult movie to get through about two Jesuit priests who travel in Japan at a time when Christianity is being uh, is outlawed and they witness the persecution of Christians in Japan after uh, one of their mentors, played by Liam Neeson, has gone missing and has supposedly renounced his faith. And uh, it's that is just the tip of the iceberg. It's another film that, from Scorsese that touches on similar themes as the first two films, which I hope to discuss in a podcast in the future, uh, with a filmmaker who has a lot of the same love of silent of, uh, Scorsese as I do and uh, I'm looking forward to that podcast And uh, but it's really a shame that this film did not get the love that it should have I felt from audiences it's one of the best faith based movies or movies about religion that I've probably ever seen uh, such as Befitting Scorsese. And so number nine is Martin Scorsese's Silence. Um, number eight is a, one of the movies that I saw via screener. is from a filmmaker who I believe I've seen four films from now. It's Edgar Michael Bravo's uh, Young Man's Future. It's about a uh, college student who is gay, and he falls in love with a fellow student. Uh, the problem is his, the fellow student has se- severe mental uh, issues, uh, severe psychological issues. Um, and it's basically a matter of the the struggles between whether this young man should continue on with the relationship or uh, do try do what's best for himself or whether he wants to commit to this relationship and whether those two are mutually exclusive. It's really a beautiful film. It's a small film. It's uh, short, but it's extremely powerful. It was one of my favorite movies they got to screen this year uh, from filmmakers, a filmmaker that I've been associated with for several years, um... In this, in the uh, time that I've gotten screeners, John Paul Rice—he's the producer of it—he sent it to me, and it's—it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's really well done. It's really uh, terrific, emotional, uh, personal story. Um, so that is Edgar Michael Bravo's "A Young Man's Future," which is number A on my favorite list. Number seven is the Russo Brothers' Captain America Civil War, the third film in the Captain America series from Marvel. And uh, it's, it's quite frankly, it's probably the my favorite pure escapist movie of the year. I mean, there are others that are uh, coming up on the list that are really good, but as far as films without really too much else to say as... You know, just pure escapism. I think Captain America: Civil War just stands out above pretty much the rest, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I love Tom Holland as the new Spider-Man. I love the way they got everybody involved uh, in the film, and it really sets up where the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe come goes from here. And I can't wait to see what happens with the as the Russo brothers take over the Avengers series with Infinity War. Um, So number seven is Captain America Civil War. Number six is a uh, short film, one of two short films that I have on here. Another movie that I had the pleasure of screening after the filmmaker uh, sent it to me. uh, The filmmaker, Cindy Maples, and the film she sent me was Out of My Mind, which is a very interesting horror uh, psychological thriller about a novelist who whose story seems to have some basis in reality. And it's a very short film, but one of the things that grabs you about uh, Cindy's film, as it did in the previous film that she sent me, random, is that she has got an incredible uh, cinematic vision as far as the 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 way she uses visuals, the way she uses cinematography to help tell what are fundamentally simple stories and make them immensely compelling. And so Out of My Mind by Cindy, Ma- Cindy Maples was by far uh, one of the best films I saw this year. I, it's also going to be on my best list, spoiler alert. Um, but it's a film that really... Uh, hit me, hit me with a punch when I saw it, and it was really great to see. And I know she, you know, I I follow her on social media. I know she's had a lot of success with the film, I, you know, and she's definitely somebody as a lot of these filmmakers who I've seen movies and screen movies for over the years are. I, I can't wait to talk to them at some point. Uh, so number six is Cindy. Cindy Maple was out of my mind. Number five, we go to another escapist film. Uh, this one, probably not surprising, uh, given my affinity for Star Wars. It's Gareth Edwards' uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story about the uh, band of rebels that steal the de- plans for Death Star before a New Hope. And it's, it's the first in the spinoff, uh, not skywalker story uh films and it really sets the tone for what will hopefully be a fantastic addition to the expansion of the star wars universe it's essentially a war film and it went through a lot of reshoots but you would never necessarily notice that watching the final film unless you were familiar with the trailers and how much was missing between the trailers and the feature. But the fact of the matter is, it's like Rogue One is a complete story. It's doesn't... You don't really see any seams where it's like, oh, well, that looks like something is missing there. No. Gareth Edwards, who did the Godzilla remake a couple of years ago, uh, just did a fantastic job in bring this together. And it's it's a great start to what will hopefully be a rich expansion to the Star Wars universe. So number five is Gareth Edwards, uh, Rogue One Star Wars story. Number four is, uh, from a, a film filmmaker from Azerbaijan, uh, Raz, Raziev. Uh, he was featured on my favorites list, uh, last year with one of his films and he showed, he screened me he sent me three more films this past year and I've got one already from this year uh but the last film he sent me last year uh Arif is a quite little war story it's about family who is cut off during a moment of civil war or a moment of war and it's the the mother is sick the father's dying uh and the mother okay so the mother goes to get medicine for the fathers who who is dying leaving just the daughter uh their son was in the war and was killed in the war and it's basically a short story about uh how the daughter's coping with this new reality. And it's really a powerful film. And one of the things that I love about his work is it ultimately comes from the heart. And it's a powerful look at what... It, it's powerful and simple at the same time. And he he just does such a great job with visuals, telling a story in a short... Context, but also landing a hard emotional punch, and so Arif is uh, was one of the best films that I saw this past year. It was also one of my favorites. Um, Number three is uh, from Morgan Neville, who did Twenty Feet from Stardom. It's the documentary "The Music of Strangers," is basically about the creation by Yo-Yo Ma of the Silk Road Ensemble, following them around, basically getting to under getting to know the people involved with the Silk Road ensemble, which is a world music ensemble, and getting to understand these people, the world the countries that they came from, the cultures that they came from, and how that has infused their musical styles and the way that the Silk Road Ensemble uh, comes together and it's it's one of my favorite films about creativity and about the artistic process I think I've ever seen and it's very timely in the way that it brings the political atmospheres that these people are coming from and shows us how important art is and it's It's just a beautiful film. It's a simple film. It's a documentary. It's a compelling documentary. It's an entertaining documentary. It's a great musical documentary. Um, So number three is Morgan Neville's uh, Music of Strangers. Number two is uh, Dennis Villeneuve, uh, his film Arrival. Uh, It's the third it comes on the heels of Prisoners and Sicario with him. Um, both of those, I didn't get a chance to see until I saw them on DVD, at which point I really love them. Arrival, I got to see in theaters, and I'm really glad I did. It came out in November. It came out at a time where the, the breakdown in communication has never been more obvious in the world. And the fact that this is a science fiction film... In the same way of close encounters, contact, that really focuses in on the importance of communication, and especially the importance of communication when it comes to people who are not beings that are not from our world, that is an important message right now, and something that really hit me with, uh, like, a ton of bricks, and coming off of this last selection and amy adams is just wonderful it's arguably my favorite performance of hers probably her best which is saying something it's a shame she didn't get nominated for an oscar for but we'll go through that later so number two is arrival number one is uh david lowry's Pete dragon uh his adaptation of disney's pete's dragon ultimately, the thing that really makes this work is that it's a very personal story and it's it's very much a reimagining in every sense of the word of the original Disney movie. It is not unlo- is unlike the original Disney uh, material in every possible way. There's not uh, music, there's not music, there's not fun, comedic aspects of it. It's a straight up fantasy that deals with abandonment and how how a young man, boy has to adapt from that and the way he bonds with Elliot the dragon and uh which another critic likened to you know bonding with a pet that's a very apt uh it's a very apt comparison for this movie and it's just a beautiful beautiful film in every way shape or form and so and it really is my favorite movie of the year it like very like other than Arrival I don't know anything else really comes close uh, than uh, to uh, David Lowry's Pete's Dragon as being my favorite film of the year So that's my top 10 favorite films of 2016. Now let's go to the best. Um, This will somewhat uh, tie into the Oscar discussion, but the fact of the matter is it's going to be somewhat different. So starting with number 10 is Martin Scorsese's Silence. Uh, Number nine is Jackie which has a fantastic performance by Natalie Portman as Jacqueline Kennedy uh, Onassis, uh, the, at a time when it, it takes place a week after JFK was assassinated. And Natalie Portman's performance in this is probably the best thing she's ever done, including Black Swan, including The Professional. The accent is a bit off. The accent feels a bit awkward. But the fact of the matter is, I, it's a part that I don't really care because of how good the emotional material is in the film. So Jackie is number t- nine. Number eight is Cindy Maples, uh, Out of My Mind. Number seven is uh, Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. Uh, which basically spans three decades in the life of its protagonist and is one of the most beautiful coming of age stories ever in my opinion and uh it's It's really a shame, and I would discuss this a little bit when it comes to the Oscars that there's no way for like three actors to be nominated for the same character, but the fact of the matter is. like concurrent conjunction, at the same time for the same one. But the fact of the matter is it's like all three actors who played uh, the main character in Moonlight, Trevante Rhodes who plays him at the end, Alex R. Hibber and Ashton Sanders all were sensational. And the final effect of the film does not work without them. Uh, So number seven was Moonlight. Number six, uh, we go back to um, Tofik Rezyav, uh But a different film than Arif. Uh, the first film I saw from him last year, uh, Nihon, The Last Page, which looks at grief of a man who, uh, as a way of channeling his grief over losing his wife, writes a book. And... It basically, and that's basically as simple as all that. And it's a very emotional story. It's a very well-done story. RF is probably my favorite film of his this past year, but Nihon is one that really resonated with me and is probably just slightly ahead of it overall. Um, so number six was Nihon, The Last Page. Number five was John Carney's Sing Street. Number four was The Music of... Strangers, number three was Pete's Dragon. Number two was Arrival. Uh, number one is uh, is Thirteenth, the documentary by uh, <coughs> excuse me Ava DuVernay, who did Selma a couple of years ago. Thirteenth is the Oscar-nominated documentary about how she looks at the wording of this Thirteenth Amendment which was passed as we saw in the Spielberg film, Lincoln, and how the specific wording of that has been used and manipulated over the years to continue the tradition of enslavement of African Americans and minorities in this country. And it's just a powerful indictment on what the way this country has dealt with civil rights and the oppression of uh, African-Americans and Latinos and plenty of other uh, minorities over the years. And so 13th is just a uh, stunning film. I do hope it wins tomorrow. Uh, We'll go over that a little bit. But that is by far the best film I saw in 2000. 16. uh it's just such a uh striking it's such a striking documentary such a powerful documentary um it's just hard to uh you, you really need to see it in order to uh understand just how good it really is so that is my uh those are the top ten films I saw in 2016 uh which leads us to the Academy Awards. Um, this is a year that we, my wife and I, uh, we don't have cable with the apartment. Um, so unless I go somewhere, I'm probably not going to be watching the Oscars this year, which actually is kind of fine because in, I enjoy watch, following it more on social media more uh, than the actual... Uh, ceremony at this point uh partially because of the fact that the ceremony is so long but also because of the fact that it tends to be rather predictable at this point uh there you really don't have a whole lot of surprises uh going into the oscar night um and that's certainly the case this year uh right now it looks like la la land is going to uh walk away with plenty of awards including best picture best director best actress and uh it's a very good film i really enjoyed it it was a fun movie to watch it was an it was a great take on the musical genre by uh damien chazelle who also did whiplash I didn't love it as much as a lot of people did, and I certainly didn't necessarily think it was anything oh hey, this is pure best picture worthy I wouldn't necessarily say that it's it if it wins the biggest disappointment in me for me will be the fact that it was so inevitable uh it's it's a very good movie it's a movie that I enjoyed, I think Emma Stone's completely uh, worthy of being best actress, although she is not my personal pick, which we'll talk about here. But the fact of the matter is, it just feels very predictable right now. So that's part of the reason I'm probably not going to watch the Oscars tomorrow night. Um, I am curious to see how Jimmy Kimmel does as host, but ultimately speaking, it's watching the actual ceremonies ceremony just doesn't really uh do much for me right now uh there's it's just not that interesting um personally because there's it's hard to see a whole lot of rooting interest especially when it feels like everything's already been decided by the time the award the uh, nominees are actually announced so that's that's those are my personal thoughts on why I'm not going to watch the Oscars this year. Uh, You know, as a movie geek, as I, I shouldn't necessarily, you know, I should be watching the Oscars, but I'm not going to. So that's just personally. Um, So let's get to the categories though. Uh, Well, I won't really deal with the uh, short film categories because while I do watch a lot of, uh, short films, they tend not to be ones that are nominated. So it's like I don't really see the the ones that are nominated. So, um which is actually a shame. I'd like to see several of the movies that I watch over the years nominate over the year nominated for the short film live action category. It would be great to see that. I mean, because I I feel privileged to be able to watch the films that I'm watching. Uh, best foreign language film. I haven't seen any of the the uh, nominees, so it's kind of hard for me to say. Oh yeah, I think that should win. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the nominees. I tend it's hard for me to get to the foreign language films unless they're on Netflix or something like that. Uh, same with documentary feature. But I mean, I have seen a couple. Well, I okay. So I, the only one I've seen right now is Thirteenth. I am planning going to see I Am Not Your Negro after work tomorrow. So I can at least see those two films uh, before the uh, Oscars. But I right now, my personal choice is 13th. Uh, O.J. May in America is probably going to win. Uh, and I've heard, but I've heard great things about I Am Not Your Negro. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Best Handmade Film is kind of interesting this year. Like, so I haven't seen My Life as a Zucchini or the Red Turtle. The three that are... The two Disney films, Moana and Zootopia, are probably the favorites. My personal choice out of those two is Zootopia, but both are really good. Although my personal choice out of the ones that I've seen that are nominated is Kubo and the Two Strings. I would love to see that one win just because... A it breaks up the monotony of being a CG of being dominated by CG animated films. And the fact of the matter is, Laka just did a phenomenal job with that movie. I absolutely it's probably my favorite film that they've done since Coraline. And so I hope Kubo and the Two Strings wins. I'm probably, I'm kind of thinking it's gonna be Zootopia though. Uh, just because of how well that movie did its social message. I'm not really broken hearted that Fine Dory didn't get nominated, Um, and there really weren't too many other choices where it's like, oh, that should have been nominated. Um, Best Makeup and Hairstyling? I have a feeling this will probably boil down to... uh, Star Trek Beyond, it would be kind of surprising if Suicide Squad won. Uh, but personally, it would have been nice to see either the nice guys or Silence nominated here. Uh, just the lack of nominations for Silence, except for its fantastic cinematography, is uh, is a shame for me because, I mean, obviously it was one of my absolute favorite movies of the year. And uh, it, it just from a technical standpoint, was some of the best work Scorsese's ever had to work with. Uh, Best costume design, haven't seen Allied, haven't seen Florence Foster Jenkins. I kind of want to lead towards Jackie. I think Jackie did a phenomenal job recreating some of the more iconic uh, looks of Jackie Candy. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Silence nominated, Nice Guys nominated, um... I have a feeling it could go to La La Land, but I do think Jackie will probably win out here just because of how iconic all of the, uh, and how well done the recreations of Jackie Kennedy's wardrobe were. Uh, best production design. This is something where I really feel like Silence probably could have cleaned up here. Um, same with Jackie, if it had been nominated. The, the category is pretty impressive, though. Arrival, which is kind of surprising by me. I guess the uh, interior of the spaceships kind of gets that. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Hail Caesar, which I did not see coming in this category, La La Land, which will probably win, and uh, Passengers, is which was very well uh, designed, but very basic uh, sci-fi. Um, La La Land will probably win. And that sort of comes back to the uh, problem that I kind of have with the Oscars is how predictable they've gotten. Um, Best film editing, it's probably going to be La La Land. Uh, I would kind of be... It wouldn't surprise me to see Hacksaw Ridge or Moonlight win, uh, depending on how the the voters wanted to go with that. Uh, I think my personal choice would have been Arrival, uh, probably with... uh, La La Land uh, next, but yeah, I mean, I, I think La La Land will probably win, especially for the way it edited the uh, dance sequences and musical sequences, uh, but Moonlight and Arrival are probably the best when it comes to storytelling, uh, and again, it would have been fantastic to see Silence nominated, it would have been great to see Rogue One, Snowden, maybe even Deadpool uh best cinematography i would love to see silence win this outright because it was just probably the best shot film of the year uh next up on my list is nominated as well arrival uh which was fantastic moonlight if it wins i will not begrudge it because it was a beautifully shot film as well um I have a feeling it will probably go La La Land, but I could definitely see Moonlight Surprise and maybe even uh Arrival uh because of the fact that it's a best picture nominee as well. Uh best sound editing, uh best sound mixing and best sound editing, it kind of I kind of wanna go with the musical and la, la land with this one, with both of these. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge could probably split one or the other. So maybe La La Land for sound mixing, Hacksaw Ridge for sound editing. Would be nice to see Arrival in there, though, because they there really is some fantastic sound design in there. And the way that the music... The way the music and the sound effects work to tell that story is just phenomenal. I like, really... it Arrival was probably one of the best... Was easily... Uh probably the film that impressed me the most from a technical standpoint this year. Uh much like Mad Max uh Fury Road did last year. Best visual effects. Um I really would have liked to have seen Pete's Dragon nominated. I really would have liked to have seen uh I I'm really surprised Arrival did not get nominated. Um of the ones that did get nominated, I think Doctor Strange or Rogue One are probably my favorites, although Jungle Book was quite good. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me, especially if it doesn't win Best Animated Feature, to see Kubo and the Two Strings get no- get the nod here. Uh, that was a surprising nomination, but the fact of the matter is it was really great visual effects in there. Uh Deepwater Horizon was very good effects, but I don't know if it'll necessarily win out here. I kind of want to go with The Jungle Book or Rogue One of the ones that are nominated, though. Best Original Song, this is where... The the songs that are nominated for La La Land Audition and Save Stars are really good. They really are however there were two songs from sing street that were even better uh drive it like you stole it and to find you i would have taken either one of those over uh the songs from la la land except maybe audition audition was really great how far i'll do go from moana would love to see lin-manuel miranda win for that song it was a great song uh trolls i'm fairly certain most people would be perfectly fine without that one winning and the empty chair i haven't seen the documentaries from i'm sure it's a good song but it's not la la land best original score this is gonna be la la land straight up uh there are some great uh scores that are now made jackie was a terrific score. Passengers, this is not going to be Thomas Newman's year. It was very derivative score for him. Uh, Moonlight, uh, I don't really remember the score. And Lion was good, but like Jackie was without doubt the best I saw from this category. I heard from this category this year. Uh, of the ones that are nominated, the more I've listened to Arrival, the more I've listened to Silence. Those are... The two best scores I saw, I heard this year. But the problem is, both of them were disqualified. Uh, I kind of understand because Silence was very, it was, it was hard to hear the score for Silence when the film was going. But the more I've listened to it separate from the film, makes me want to go back and watch the movie to really hear it in the context of the film. Uh, but Jackie, if Jackie wins, which I really hope it does, I would love to see it surprise over La La Land, uh, I would not begrudge it because that score was some of the most compelling uh, musical underscore I've ever heard for a film, just hands down. It it was just such a bold approach to the story, and it was just really heightened the emotional impact of the story uh but la la land will probably win out It's a fine score but again i i i don't love la la land it's probably going to win which okay that's all well and good but just you know there were better options this year best adapted screenplay my personal pick is arrival i really hope arrival wins uh all of the nominees i've seen all of the Nominees, they're all Best Picture nominees, uh, are very good. Fences, Hidden Figures, Line and Moonlight. Moonlight is my second option if Arrival doesn't win. And I do think Moonlight will probably end up winning. But if either one of those two go home with it, which I think either one will, uh, those are probably the two best options, that would be fine by me. It doesn't matter which one. Arrival was great, intelligent sci-fi, probably some of the smartest sci-fi we've seen in a long time. Moonlight is just a really beautifully written story. Um, best original screenplay. Uh, I didn't see a few of these. I, the only ones I saw were Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Manchester by the Sea. I haven't gotten to The Lobster, haven't gotten to 20th Century Women. I think my personal pick of these is Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I have a feeling that or Hell or High Water uh, will probably win out. Uh, Depending on how the awards go, I can kind of see Manchester by the Sea winning, but I can also see Hell or High Water winning because it's obvious that the Academy really loved that movie. Um... Ones that I would, have liked to have, I would have liked to have seen Sing Street nominated, that would have been a long shot, though. Jackie would have been a long shot, but I thought it was beautifully written and loving. I, I thought it was a much better film than I think a lot of people give it credit for when they finally saw it. Uh, so I thought, it was, I thought that was a terrific film but, and really well written. Uh, My other one in my top five is A Young Man's Future by Edgar Michael Bravo, which I listed in my uh, favorite films list. But I mean, for obvious reasons given how small of a production that is, it's not really surprising it's in here. It's not in here, but the fact of the matter is it was one of the best original screenplays I felt like I saw all year. Uh, But this year, this one I think will be Heller Highwater probably is my best guess for a win, followed by Manchester by the Sea. Um, best supporting actress, I would be stunned if anybody other than Viola Davis wins it. I've seen all five nominees, all five are really good. Naomi Harris, uh, after I saw Moonlight, was my number one choice. Uh, Michelle Williams did a fantastic job. She's going to win an Oscar at some point. Nicole Kidman was good. I, uh, not really i wouldn't necessarily give it to her but she was good Now octavia spencer was good both of them have done better work but so basically davis harris or michelle williams it's gotta be Vi- viola davis she was just fantastic in fences um it was just such a uh such such a great performance and such an emotional performance. I just absolutely loved it. Uh best sporting actor, this, my my feelings on this category, all of the actors are very deserving. I personally felt like Jake Gyllenhaal Hall was better as in Nocturnal Animals than Michael Shannon was. I uh, all five cat all five nominees are good though. Uh Mahar, Shala... From uh, Ali from Moonlight is very good and a very pretty role. Personally, I would have liked to have seen Trevante Rhodes, who plays the late last uh, the adult version of the main character in Moonlight, now made. He was my top choice in this category, followed by Lucas Hedges from uh, Manchester by the Sea, and Yosuke uh, Kubo-Zuka from uh, Silence uh dev dev patel was fourth for me for lion and uh i'm really glad he ended up getting in here jeff bridges not really a surprise that he ended up getting in hell or nominated for hell or high water i just i don't see him winning i i think moonlight this will be the big place for moonlight to win um and deservingly so i just kind of feel like it's for the wrong actor uh but i'm not gonna complain uh if and when he ends up winning uh best actress um my biggest complaint heres no Amy Adams. I felt like she was more than deserving for especially rival but also nocturnal animals um Ruth Naga was a great gave a great performance in loving i uh, Natalie Portman is fantastic in Jackie. She is actually my top choice in this. I would love to see her win for this performance. I think, like I said, it's probably the best performance she's ever given. Uh, I didn't see Ella Isabel Hooper or Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Emma Stone will probably win this. And as a fan of Emma Stone, I can't really complain. But as somebody who would like a little bit of suspense, I thought that... Natalie Portman was absolutely phenomenal, and I think Emma Stone will have other better chances. Maybe not, but I felt like Emma Stone was somebody who would definitely be back as well. Uh, But she's probably going to win, and I have no problem with that. As I said, I'm a fan of hers. But I, I just, it's the inevitability of La La Land that really kind of, brings me down about that film overall, more than anything else. Uh, best actor? I feel like this is probably Casey Affleck's uh, category to lose. I don't think Ryan Gosling will win. I don't necessarily... Vigo Mortensen would be certainly a surprise if he won, because I don't think anybody would see that coming. It would be like Roberto Benigni-Wing for uh, Life is Beautiful about 20 years ago. Uh, Andrew Garfield was really good in Hacksaw Ridge. I would have liked to have seen him nominated a little bit more for Silence, personally. But, I mean, both performances were very good. Denzel Washington is terrific in Fences. I don't necessarily feel like this is something you should win an Oscar for, but it's a very good performance. Uh, which brings us to Casey Affleck, who was... Absolutely terrific in Manchester by the Sea in my opinion did a really great job in the movie uh, it's, it's very, uh, very implosive, very internal performance and it really captures the feeling of somebody who is lost in his life and somebody who is, had never really uh, recovered from the one great tragedy in his life um the next person i would put in my personal list for this category would be Joel Edgerton for Loving. I felt like he he was probably even though a lot of people were high on the movie going into its release and stuff like that, he sort of lost steam, which is disappointing because i thought he was he was argue, he was easily as good as Ruth Negga was in the film. Uh, and I kind of felt like he carried, in his own way, he really did carry the emotional arc of the film because of the way that the film portrayed his dilemmas, being able to uh, provide, wanting to be able to provide for his wife, but not necessarily feeling like he's able to. And that's one of the things I really loved about his performance, is I felt like he nailed it. And it's a shame that he didn't get love for it. Best Director, uh, Martin Scorsese, I would have liked to have seen nominated for Kundun. Uh, Pablo Lorraine for Jackie, I would have loved to have seen nominated. David Lowry for Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon got shut out, not really a surprise. Disappointing, but not a surprise. Uh, Barry Jenkins and Villeneuve, uh, for Rival are my two personal picks that got now made along with Damien Chazelle, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, and Kenneth Lonergan for, uh, Manchester by the Seat. It's a very good list this year. Uh, as I said, Damien Chazelle will probably win for La La Land. I, I feel like Barry Jenkins or Villeneuve would be better choices. Uh, but that's mainly because of the fact that I feel like overall those films are better. But Damien Chazelle was gonna win and probably gonna win and it's 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 good. He did a good job with it. Um he did a very good job. It's it's a really good film. I hate to be underselling La La Land, but the fact of the matter is I can't say I loved it or Thought it was just anything particularly special the way other people did uh it's a very good movie it's an entertaining movie but the fact of the matter is it's like i i just didn't think it was like oh we have to anoint this one best picture uh i feel like moonlight's a better film for that i feel like arrival was a better film than that uh which brings us to best picture i i just saw hidden figures this evening So I have now seen all nine of the Best Picture nominees. And uh, all nine were very good. I think the one that I was most on the fence about, ironically speaking, was uh, Fences, Denzel Washington's film. It was a very good film. Uh, Pretty stagey, though, uh, which I kind of knew going in. None of the films in this category are bad. None of them are... uh, Ones that I want to go, yeah, that really didn't deserve to be in here. All of them are quality films, all of them are Oscar quality films, and one way or the other. Will I necessarily nominate them? No, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I, I felt like all of them more or less deserve to be there. Um, there were a few uh, fences lying in Manchester by the Sea in particular where. As I was watching them, especially in their first hours, it's like, wow, this is really kind of Oscar-baity. But by the end of the movies, they really... By the end of those respective movies, they really sucked me in and really... Uh, and it really won me over. And uh, it's it was kind of amazing that multiple movies in... This year's Oscars sort of had that same effect where it's like they're kind of Oscar babies. So oh, they were, they didn't really start off that great, but in the end, they ended up weighing me over. Uh, but I would be, if Arrival or Moonlight were to surprise and win the this category, I would be very pleasantly surprised, especially Moonlight, and I would be grateful. I felt like that was a. Terrific film just in general. It was really memorable. It was really something that resonated with me while I was watching it. Uh but La La Land will probably win. And uh I I I hate to feel again, I hate feeling like I'm crapping on this movie that is actually really good, but I the inevitability, it seems, with the win is what's really doesn't really sit well with me. And so uh that's that's kind of just where I am with it. Uh so La La Land will probably win. Uh I'd kinda of be surprised if anything other than maybe Moonlight uh won. Personally, it would be great to see a rival win. That was my best of the best picture nominees. But La Land will probably win, and it's it's a good movie. It's it's a very entertaining movie. It's a very uh, fun movie. So uh, I I think that uh, it's it's definitely a movie that deserves to be in the race. And yeah, it does. Uh, in any other in other years, I probably would have said yeah, I definitely would give it to that. But this year, I just. I have a hard time feeling it. There were other movies in the category especially that I felt like are more deserving. So that's my take on the Oscars this year as what was my uh, 10 best and favorites list. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, Like I said, I've got some more stuff in the works. I hope to have more podcasts up in the near future uh, with a variety of subjects. Uh, Some more interviews with filmmakers and, uh, hopefully keeping up with the reviews, uh, cause that's, that's important for me. Uh, so for now, I think that will be, that'll wrap. And, uh, thank you very much for listening over the past year and I hope you've enjoyed it. I I've enjoyed doing this and I definitely want to continue doing this. Um, so for now, this is Brian Scuttle from the Sonic Cinema podcast saying thank you very much. I, uh, hope, hope, uh, hope you have a, uh, Good time listening to this.